Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I'm sitting here at Park Construction located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And across from me are two fine gentlemen, one by the name of Jake Dressler, who holds the title of Vice President. And to my right is Trent Bolin, estimator. One pretty awesome thing about this business is that it was started before there were automobiles. No shit. Horse and buggy. This this business has been along a, a long, long time. When did it start, Trent? Uh, 1890. 1890 in Minneapolis on Park Avenue, yep. right? Behind you is a picture of, I don't know, two big horses, maybe Clydesdales, pulling a wagon that's, what is that? What's that wagon say? Park Avenue Transfer and Storage Company. And that is... The, the young man sitting on that wagon is, what did you say, your great-grandpa? Great-grandpa, yeah. Great-grandpa. So let's start from the beginning. Um, both of you can contribute to this conversation, please. I, I'm really interested on the history. Uh, you said 1890? 1890. 1890. Great-grandpa, what's his name? Charles Ludwig Carlson. Charles Ludwig Carlson had the idea of starting a transfer and storage company. Do you know some of the things that they transferred or stored back in the day, back in 1890, by chance? Yep. So they essentially started 1890 Park Avenue transfer. Uh, They hauled freight and luggage from people coming in on the city or to the city uh, via railroad. (laughs) Okay. And uh, they would transfer their luggage and um, their furniture from their homes down on Park Avenue to their summer homes out in uh, Lake Minnetonka. Oh, you know? and all then, right. Uh, in the fall, they would haul uh, coal to each of the houses for heat. Wow. And in the spring, they would haul the, all the ash back towards the, the city. Wow. So they were uh, young entrepreneurs specializing in the niche of transfer. It's almost like a, well, I want to say Uber. They're transferring their luggage and personal belongings to their homes and uh, probably dealing with the more affluent type clientele. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you still, you guys still do that? Transfer luggage and, uh, yeah. yeah. Gravel or concrete. Yep. Yeah. Gravel and concrete. Yep. Yeah. You're not picking people up off the train with your horse and buggy anymore. Really. You know, for nostalgia, I think you should maybe get back in this business or at least have that buggy outside. You know what happened to the, that horse horse carriage by chance? I do not. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. We've got some of our first tractor-type dozers Tra- outside. Did you see that one? No, no, I didn't. Yep. Huh. So what do you guys do now? And uh, then we'll try to fill the gap. So you're no longer just transferring luggage and personal belongings to people's homes and bringing them coal. Give me an overview or, of some of the type of work you guys are doing now. We're a civil contractor specializing in earthwork, underground utilities, demolition, asphalt paving, and cast-in-place concrete. Is that all? <laughs> That's all right now. <laughs> Always looking to expand. Okay. And uh, expand. Well, I don't know. It seems like you guys are have expanded enough. You're sitting at like 300 employees. Does that sound about right? Between 250 and 300 employees. Holy seasonally. shit. 
that that's a headache. Who takes care of all these guys? Who's, whose job is that? Is that yours, Jake? No, it's spread amongst many people. This is very much a team environment here at Park. Okay. And do you guys specialize in um, commercial or residential, or do you do both? Or A little of everything. We have the heavy highway division, which focuses more on your state and federal highway projects, you know, okay. big road reconstructs. We're part of Interstate 29 Reconstruct right now in Fargo. Okay. Railroad construction, partner with different rail authorities. Really? Work with them. What do you do for the railroad? Uh, building grade, uh, building siding yards, different, huh. uh, you know, at times we've done the box culverts that cross underneath the rails. How's the railroad industry doing as a whole? Do you have any idea? I just, I just kind of had the impression like it's a dying thing, but uh, they've recently been doing a really good job of kind of pivoting or changing to where they have these intermodal sites where they're bringing in rail to like a warehousing, like a, an Amazon type distribution. Oh, facility. okay, that's smart. Yep, and they're actually uh, doing some of the. Uh, different companies are doing some of the development around those. Hmm. And it's tied to a rail. You know, I don't know if the rail owns that exactly or yeah, not, how that works or how that all works, but yeah. they're, they're getting creative with it. It's still a viable means of transportation. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can uh, kind of capitalize on distribution centers like Amazon and such, I know Amazon's not going anywhere. It doesn't appear to be. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be ruling the world, man. Right. <laughs> all right. So. 250, 300 employees started back in 1890, horse and buggy. What has transpired? Can you give me a sense of like the the steps along the way, the major milestones of 1890 to present time? Do you, did you go from coal and luggage and buggies to building roads or like what, what happened there? They essentially got asked to start digging basements and foundations for big buildings downtown. And they started with, Horses and Fresnos, which is essentially a plow to dig. So they dug big holes with horses and plows. Yep. That was kind of their next step yep. for big buildings downtown. Yep, and then they got incorporated in 1916, moved to more construction stuff by 1930s, and that's when they started acquiring earth-moving equipment, caterpillar dozers and stuff like that once they came around. Okay, all right. So it went from moving luggage, personal belongings, and coal to digging big holes for large structures located downtown Minneapolis with horse and plow to acquiring uh, earth-moving equipment, more modern equipment in doing bigger jobs and more like what you're doing now, right? Cool. Um, And I see some awards on the wall over here. Uh, one of them that stands out to me says, top general contractors. Can you talk about some of the recognition you guys have received along the way? We've had some really notable projects. One of the most recent ones was probably paving the inside of U.S. Bank Stadium underneath that beautiful football field where we... Uh, there's asphalt the, under that? There's asphalt under that. And you guys put it there? Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, uh, it was some very tight tolerances to get that down because, of course, you don't want any of the players tripping out there. Yeah, tolerance is meaning like uh, no lumps on the floor type thing? Correct. Okay. Flatness spec. Yeah. What was that project like? I mean, it was it received a lot of attention, and was it 
kind of high pressure? Was it top secret? Was it enjoyable from start to finish? I mean, were you involved with that, Jake? I, I wasn't. No, okay. No, All right. But uh, from talking with some of the teammates here, it was a, a, a high-profile job. Yeah, yeah. It took a lot of pre-planning and then came time to execute, and that's what Park does. Okay, yeah. I want to say, didn't they spend like $2 billion on that stadium? Or am I way off? Do you guys know? I don't know what the final cost was. It's a lot of freaking money. I remember that. <laughs> um, all right, what are some of the other things you guys worked on that you can talk about? Anything off the top of your head? Our commercial division stays pretty busy in the Twin Cities metro area, jumping around different site work projects, whether it's a senior living apartment complex, uh, the Hy-Vee just down the road. Okay. We're lucky to partner with Hy-Vee Construction on that job. Yeah. Um, I noticed the sinkhole in their uh, parking lot. Were you guys oh, really? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the per- everything looked great, man. Okay, so Trent, fifth generation. That means your dad works here, or dad, did? My dad does not work here. Oh, he doesn't. Your uncles. Yeah. Okay, what's that like working with family? Has it been good, bad, both? I mean, is it different than any of the other jobs you've had in the past is like as far as working or not working with family how has that been for you i say it's been good all yeah. around it's a little different working in a you know family company kind of trying to just put my nose to the ground and, and work and not act like or not have people ha- you know, have a big of, ego like you're the shit because uh this is part I, of you i don't want people to think yeah yeah that, so i i try to just you know do my work and let that speak for yeah, you yes yeah and uh, you're an estimator? Yep. Yeah. How long have you been here? Uh, four years. Four years? How's it going as far as being an estimator? Are you enjoying it? Good. Yeah, I started um, back at Park Construction in 2017. Worked out in the field. Uh, came in one winter, started doing takeoffs and helping the estimating team. And then two years after that, I got asked to be come in the office full-time. And okay. Okay. Cool. Did you go to college? Yeah. Yeah. And was this yeah, where you went right out of college then? Or uh, did you no. have to do some other things for a while? No, I interned with one of our kind of one of our competitors throughout college. And then after school, I actually wasn't allowed to come work for the family company. They, really? Yep. They wanted me to get uh, other experience elsewhere, you know, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Um, before I could come, come work for here or work for Park. And yeah. So I worked for a company for a year and a half and then came back. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. And uh, Jake, what's been your route to become vice president of Park? Um, what, what's been your career path, you know, taking me, I don't know, from high school? Let's start there. High school, I was always interested in the construction side. Seeing equipment work has always, you know, been an interest of mine. Yeah. My dad's a civil engineer, so I always had a connection back to the industry that way. Okay. And started surveying and staking for his company in yeah. high school. And then saw the equipment working on the road and thought, hey, that'd be better than pounding in a stake. I want to go try to do that. Oh, so you were a heavy equipment operator for a while? No, oh. no, I, I wish I was that skilled. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just took the route to going to Minnesota State Mankato for construction management. Okay. And then started off more in a blend of office and field, kind of that field engineer role. Yeah. And worked into project management estimating. Okay. Either of you ever considered becoming a civil engineer? Was that ever a, a thought or a glimpse? 
I huh. tried. You tried? I, I tried for a year. I didn't uh, have much success with that. So. Yeah, a lot of math, right? Yeah, it was a time commitment on the study end. So. Okay, yeah. What's the future look like for you guys? Where are you guys headed? Or what are you thinking about doing? Are you got any new ideas on the horizon or spread, uh, spreading your geographic reach? Uh, it looks like you got a, uh, a, a location out in North Dakota, Grand Forks, North Dakota, going to set up another place out in Wisconsin or anything like that? What's the future look like? Uh, looking to expand geographically. You know, Minnesota gives us that lovely, cold and unproductive winter, unless you're driving a snowplow, which mm. we do do. Mm -hmm. But a southern presence, western presence might not be a bad thing. Yeah. Looking for some more year-round work, keeping the guys and the equipment busy. Okay. I noticed you got some notes there. Is there... Either of you, is there anything you want to bring up in the discussion that uh, you want to make sure you touch on that I haven't mentioned already? Um, this is essentially notes from uh, speaking with family about the company, kind of our, our history. Yeah. I guess kind of going back to the history thing, uh, it started with my great-great-grandfather. They, My great-great-grandfather and my great-great-grandmother passed away, leaving seven children, ages 15 to a year and a half. Okay, so it's your great-great-grandparents. Yep. Both of them passed away. Yep. And seven children are now orphans. Orphans, yep. They actually were called the orphans around town. Really? Yep. Wow. And, uh, so the oldest, Walter Carlson, was 15. Alvin was 11. They dropped out of school in 6th and 8th grade. Wow. To take on the company and help feed the family, essentially. So this company was in existence at that time or? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the owners, your great, great grandparents passed away. Seven kids, the two oldest dropped out of school at a young age mm -hmm. and like, okay, we're just going to run this thing. Yeah. We're going to be the boss. They essentially stepped in and took over the company yeah, to keep it going and help feed their siblings. Wow. That's crazy. So there were no, like, government entities that stepped in back then that you know of? And uh, I'm like, all right, you guys need to go to these foster parents and, you know, continue to go to school and all that. They just said, to hell with it. We're done, and we're going we're gonna to make this work. Yep. That's amazing, man. Can you imagine that today? <laughs> these damn kids can't tie their shoes. They're always on video games. You know, they want everything spooned and fed to them. What if you're like... All right, little Joey, you need to drop out of school and go run this freaking business for me. I mean, what? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they made it happen. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, I don't know. They say, what was it, uh, the world's greatest generation was at like uh, RB, our great-grandparents, and they'd gone through the, the Great Depression, and they just have a lot of grit and tough. And uh, I don't know, that's what it makes me think of. Like, there were some badasses back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mark went through all those experiences. Our website kind of details out our history a little more. In okay. Depth. Okay. Struggling through the depression, joining the war effort in the forties, transitioning to the highway work in the fifties and sixties as the Metro was expanding. Joining the war effort. Uh, yeah. Park so was associated with army facilities over in Arden Hills working on that project. Okay. I think that was in the 40s. Earthwork type work over yep. there? Many contractors were part of that. You know, it was all about getting it built and getting it built fast so yeah. that they could start pumping out the supplies needed for the war. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, Jake, what what is it that you like about working here as being the vice president? And what does your normal day, I don't know if you have a normal day, but what's your typical day kind of look like for you? What time do you roll in? What are you doing as vice president? Uh, what time What time do you leave? That type of thing. It, uh, it varies usually between 6.30 and 7, getting to the office. I like okay. to uh, hit up a couple of the different articles that I subscribe to and get some reading in in the morning. Okay. Industry-related type articles? Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's always good to keep a pulse on things. Yeah, for sure. Ideas. Yeah. Want to be a master of your craft, right? You want to. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you roll in with your coffee and read some articles oh we got to make the coffee at the office first one in makes the coffee so it's usually a struggle some of the guys get in on days earlier than me and some later okay yeah first one in has to make the coffee and get the lights turned on and how many office employees do you have right here in this location uh we're probably around 50 50 in the office yeah st louis park and spring lake park dang all right so what do you do after you read your articles then it's uh, turning into emails, or sometimes those meetings start right away at 7 o'clock in the morning, and that just kind of lays out the day for you. Who are you meeting with typically? Uh, whether you have a project meeting with a client, pre-construction type meetings where you're on a pre-bid trying to learn the scope of a job that's coming up to bid, working with the estimators, project managers, reviewing bids that they're putting together, getting downloaded on project status where things are sitting on the current jobs that we have open. Uh, I speak multiple times a day with our general superintendent in the commercial division, finding out how the field crews are doing, what are some of the challenges that we've got coming up, what do mm. we need to get out ahead of, what's the weather doing to us, which this year, knock mm-hmm. on wood, has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're a union contractor, and uh, do, you, do you have to lay quite a few guys off over the winter? You know, we do shrink yeah. our workforce quite a bit in Minnesota. In yeah, America. yeah. We've been fortunate in the years past to gain some winter work. Okay. Different projects still ongoing. We just completed a job in Texas a few months ago out of our, our North Dakota division, actually, was down in Texas doing a rail project. Rail so project. So keeps some guys working in the, the warmer weather in yeah. the early spring or late winter months. And you guys work all over the United States? Yeah, I, I think we've worked in 30-plus states throughout oh, wow. the United States. Uh, right now, focusing more on that corridor from North Dakota over to Wisconsin and kind of all the way down to the Texas, Louisiana areas. Mm, everything okay. in between. So your day is filled with a lot of meetings. Meetings are always fun. Phone calls, bid reviews, um, just trying to keep up with everything, figuring out the next projects that we need to look at. Okay. And uh, always looking for ways to improve. Make sure the guys are getting their water on the 97 degree days at the soups remember that they need to have those coolers filled up in the back of their trucks yeah it's been hotter than hell oh man my hat's off to those guys i'm not built the listeners can't see but i'm not built for the extreme heat (laughs) (laughs) i don't do well with it so i I sympathize for those guys out there jake honestly you look like about 180 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal (laughs) No? Not quite. Maybe <laughs> double that. I'm getting close, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So what time do you go home? I uh, usually try to leave around 5. 5? Yeah. Oh, that's a good work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. Try yeah. to get home, see the kids, the wife. Yeah. What do you like to do outside of work? I, uh, I'm i confined to my house most of the time because i got young children. So oh. it's gardening, yard work. How young? Uh, five and two. Okay. So they keep me busy. Lots of bike rides and 
Okay. Activities now are just starting again with oh. different sports and things like that. So. Yeah, we're just wrapping up soccer right now. I have two boys that are eight and nine. Uh, they're hockey players. Hockey goes all year round now. And uh, but they, for some reason, they wanted to play soccer again this year. They took two years off. And I've coached every sport they've ever been in. And this Saturday, I got four soccer games to coach and a birthday party to host. So it's going to be a busy Saturday, man. So I, I know where you're coming from, for sure. Trent, what, what's your day like as an estimator? And uh, what time do you roll on? Are you the coffee maker by chance? I am not the coffee maker. Oh, all right. No, all Jake's right. usually the coffee maker or Scott. Okay. All right. Uh, I roll in around 8 o'clock, check my emails. Hopefully nothing happened overnight. <laughs> yeah, and then I start looking at the bid calendar, getting a feel for bids I have coming up that week. Start reading through documents and starting my takeoffs. And Okay. Okay. You leave around the same time, around 5 o'clock? Yeah, 5, 5.30, yeah. Yeah, and what do you like to do outside of work? During the summer, we like to go to my cabin a lot up in Cross Lake. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually my my grandfather's place. So okay, okay. Got a big park place and a sign above it. Yeah, all right, yeah. cool. Well, guys, before we wrap things up, I don't want to cut you short. Is there anything else that you want to bring up regarding the history of the company, where you guys are headed, special projects you're looking to add on to your 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 upcoming workload, anything like that that you want to bring up? I'd just like to take a minute to really encourage anybody that's considering a career in the construction industry to uh, think about a viable career path and yeah. contact the local unions, no matter what trade it is. You know, get out there and explore your options, especially younger people, high school graduates, mm-hmm. some people that are maybe sitting in college thinking, do I want to do this remote learning? Yes. There's a, a solid career path for them out there in yes. the construction field. Yeah, yeah. So my cousin works for one of your competitors as a heavy equipment operator. And I remember, you know, he finished high school. He wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do. So I don't know. Uh, He liked playing in the sandbox, right, as a kid. And he came across this school out in Wisconsin. It wasn't that long. Uh, I I mean, the schooling itself, the training, I want to say it was like a few months or something. So he went out there for a few months, learned how to run an excavator, a dozer, and that type of thing. Came back home, started working in his field immediately. He had a job waiting for him. And he's done nothing but progress and still is making a really good living. He's gotten more responsibilities. He's more of a supervisor role now. But definitely, man, it, it doesn't matter... If what it is in the construction field, people can make a great living, there's jobs waiting. And I compare that to somebody going to one of these prestigious colleges around Minnesota and getting their art history degree and uh, coming out and and trying to find a job and they end up working at Starbucks, dude. It's just... uh, so I agree with you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's, it's you know, college isn't for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. There, there's career paths out there. And a lot of our employees have started in the field and progressed through, you know, as a laborer or an operator. Now they're in a pickup running projects, multiple projects at a time even. Yeah. As a supervisor, some of those people get brought into the office and then they become estimators, project managers. So yes. there's an upward trajectory if you want it. Yeah. You just got to get into the business. Yeah. How about you, Trent? Is there anything that you wanted to bring up before we uh, wrap things up here? Um, 
we touched base on the, the family history pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting, man. I can't believe these. How old are these kids that dropped out of school again? Did you did you say were they like the oldest was fifteen? Fifteen was a year and a half. Okay. Well, so th- for the whole family. Yeah. yeah, but the 15-year-old said he dropped out and he's like I'm going to run this thing. Yeah, 15 and 11. Jeez. All right, guys. Well, it's park construction. So they've been around with the business card says 1916 and uh it, you got to check them out. Fifth generation company, 250 to 300 employees. They're working all over the United States. What's what's your website or what's the best way to get a hold of you? You guys want to throw out your website and the, the office phone number quick? Yeah, it's parkconstructionco.com. Parkconstructionco, as in company.com. Yep. And you can also find us on LinkedIn. Reach out that way. Okay. Or look us up and give us a call. Oh, well, I guess I could throw out the phone number here. The office phone number is 763 7 one seven six two zero three and located in minneapolis minnesota i appreciate your time guys and uh, i wish only the best for you thank you thanks for having us thank you that's it guys if you know of a minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.